When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. The Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Uh, it's a Monday night. That's where we nominate our heroes and villains. Have a little bit of fun from the weekend of sport. one 736 736 Get your nominations in, Sporting Capital. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. The number Sporting Capital or zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen on the temper text. Temper a mattress like no other. Heroes and villains nominations uh, on a Monday night. We'll get into that in just a moment. But uh, this has just come through off a text, and I have checked out this story as well. So thanks to Stuart to pointing us in the right direction. Off the text here, uh, he has said Sam Mitchell has pulled out of the Collingwood coaching job as per the age. And then you should check out the fines dished by the NRL. Wow. Uh, that's Stuart. I reckon that would be in relation to the 12 or 13 players who decided to have a party uh, in the midst of a, of a COVID lockdown from St. George of Lawara. So we'll go through that as well. I think they'll pop up in our villains. But I did check it out. And Sam McClure uh, has the story uh, on the Age website at the moment that says uh, that Sam Mitchell has informed Collingwood that he will be withdrawing from the process. So he will not be Collingwood's next coach. So that's one name crossed off uh, of the list that have been assembled and speculated on. So who will it be? Uh, Collingwood fans, it won't be Sam Mitchell. Do you have a preference yet? Or are you just waiting to see who you think it might be? one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Just a reminder that the fixture for round 17 has been released and if you're just joining us for the first time tonight, uh, this is how it is going to shape up. And for those who have heard this a couple of times, I appreciate your patience sticking with me. But it is pretty important to know who's playing where and when, uh, given that uh, we're only a few days out from the round commencing, which it will do on Thursday night, Adelaide Oval, 7.40pm uh, start, Eastern Standard Time, Port Adelaide v Melbourne. That is a top four clash, and I'm really looking forward to that. Melbourne with some real scoring woes at the moment. We'll get to them in Heroes and Villains, but they're averaging just eight goals a game over their last three games, and they've dropped another game to a team much lower than them on the ladder after going down to the Giants over the weekend. And I reckon there are some quandaries, just some concerns from a Melbourne point of view, especially inside attacking 50. Essen and Adelaide on Friday night... That should be a good game to watch. Both teams love to take the game on. They play fast. They play frenetic. Uh, they play fun footy. So that'll be a good game uh, on Friday night, regardless of ladder positions. On Saturday, Carlton, Geelong, 145 at the MCG. Hawthorne and Frio, 435 at Utah Stadium. Brisbane and St Kilda at the Gabba, but that's pending government approval. That game might be moved to Metricon, depending on if it's a red zone, orange zone, green zone. 
It's all about the zones. Saturday, uh, Giants and the Suns, 110. That's in Ballarat at Mars Stadium. Western Bulldogs in Sydney, 320 at Marvel. That's another game I can't wait for. Um, 1v6. But if the Swans can play like they did against West Coast, uh, against the Bulldogs, who, let's be honest, won't allow them to play like that, uh, like West Coast allowed Sydney to play. But if they can get close to replicating that same form of how they played yesterday, then that'll be uh, an absolute belter. Uh, Richmond and Collingwood 440 at the MCG on Sunday. And what about this Monday night footy back? First time uh, outside of a uh, Anzac Day clash or a Queen's birthday or a, uh, uh, an Easter Monday game that we've had. Monday night footy. It's going to be at Optus Stadium. So it'll start 8 10 Eastern Standard Time, West Coast and North Melbourne. Should be 100% crowd capacity over there. That's going to be a lot of fun, and I'll be fascinated to see how that goes uh, and if we get some good numbers. We're discovering some time slots that actually work now. Uh, Sunday night before a public holiday, that's a big tick, and I wonder if not, I wonder if Monday night footy... Um, and I'm just being told that the times might change. I'm reading these times off uh, the AFL website. Actually, sorry, that was the wrong article. That was the old article, so I'm going to go back to that and just make sure it thank you to whoever sent that text through i've just clicked on the wrong uh so let me go through this is straight off the afl website we'll do that all again i'll take a mulligan port adelaide and adelaide so the time at seven ten. that's adelaide time so uh that would be a seven forty start uh in melbourne time essendon and adelaide at marvel that's a seven fifty start on friday night Hawthorne and Frio, Utah's 145, that's right. Carlton Vigilant at the MCG, 435, that's right. Brisbane and St Kilda, scheduled to be at the Gabba, but it's still TBC. Uh, Greater Western Sydney and the Gold Coast, um, that is looking likely to be Mars Stadium, but still a TBC on that. 12.40pm uh, start there, according to the AFL's website. Um, Western Bulldogs in Sydney at Marvel, 320. Uh, and Richmond and Collingwood at the MCG, 410. Um, West Coast and North at Optus, that's Friday night, and uh, that would be looking like starting. They've got 5.40pm uh, Perth time, or WA time. So uh, in terms of ticketing, Essendon and Adelaide for Marvel Stadium on Friday night. AFL members' tickets will go on sale Tuesday at 12pm. Home members Tuesday um, at 1pm. Away members Wednesday at 10am and the general public from Wednesday uh, at 1pm. And just check out the AFL website. I won't go through every game, but it's on the AFL website for the ticket, ticketing information as well. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Let's get in to Heroes and Villains. And then a hero comes along With the strength to carry on And you cast your fears aside Heroes and villains, one three hundred seven three six seven three six on a Monday night. I did go and listen to the BGs, Heroes and Villains, and you can barely make out where they say Heroes and Villains. I'm going to have to listen to it a bit more in full, but I have had a listen. I got it suggested uh, a couple of weeks ago that I change that intro to the BGs. Uh, it just didn't grab me. It really just didn't grab me. But I'm happy to take votes. I'm happy to take feedback. If we're not liking 
the intro with the songs that we're using. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Um, off the temper text, temper a mattress like no other. Um, off the text, interesting. I want Mark Robinson. Uh, that's come through. Is that as Collingwood coach? No, nah, Alex has said Mark Williams. <laughs> so I don't know. Is that predictive text when you go to type Mark Williams? <laughs> Mark Robinson comes out. Uh, thank you, though, Alex. Uh, Alex wants Mark Williams as the next coach uh, of Collingwood. one 736 I've got plenty uh, to nominate for heroes and villains, but as always, this is your show, and I'd love to hear from you first. So Alan's in Perth just to uh, get the ball rolling. Hello, Alan. Hi, Sam. How are you going? I'm good, thanks, mate. Are you excited about Monday night footy? Oh, if I if I followed either of the teams, I'd go. But, um, no, not overly. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Have you got yeah, a hero nomination um, for me? It, it, I have, yeah. Look, I, and I was saying to your producer, I don't um, I don't follow the Swans, but um, Joel Amati, yeah. he, uh, he, what an awesome game he played on Saturday, Arvo. Absolutely. The Amati party was in full swing. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, and and obviously the villain out of that that game was um, you know the, the performance of the West Coast Eagles. Oh yeah, um, that's uh, yeah very average performance for a team of uh, of uh, you know pretty good footy side, pretty good footy side, Sam. But uh, that was very average. Um, now can I just make a quick point on the Collingwood coaching job? Yes, and I think uh, you mentioned that Alex texted through Mark Williams. Yes. Well, in my eyes, he is the only suitable candidate for that job. And if Mark Williams became the next Collingwood uh, coach, I, I would be over the moon. What do you love about Mark Williams uh, from, a, from a Collingwood point of view? Obviously, he's a former player there, but he coached a premiership at Port Adelaide in 2004. He's apparently had a fantastic impact in the role that he's playing at Melbourne um, alongside Adam Uze and, and with what, um, what they're all trying to implement now under Simon Goodwin. So what do you like about Mark Williams? What do you think he would bring to the table for Collingwood? Well, Sam, everything that you just mentioned, plus his, his, uh, there's, there's, um, there's, he's no muck around attitude. I, I, I firmly believe that Mark Williams uh, really could be the next Collingwood Premiership coach. He, uh, I, I, I really believe that. And he's very well respected. He's well respected at Collingwood. I know that for a fact. And... Um, He's just the guy. He's the only guy that I, I believe that can lead us out of the, the situation that we've got ourselves into now. Uh, I, I love it, Alan. I, I appreciate the passion. Uh, Mark Williams, I, I'm a big fan of, of giving coaches another chance at another club. I think we, we, we've been so quick to throw them on the scrap heap, haven't we? If, if we don't and we don't always have to take our cues from other sport. When you look in Premier League, I think Sam Allardyce has coached just about every club there is. Um, when you look around the NFL um, and you have a look at Bruce Arians, who's been to, I think, three different clubs and finally uh, has a Super Bowl, um, I think there's a lot to be said about experience. There's a lot to be said about uh, not just writing people off because it didn't work at, at one particular club. So I'm, I'm a big fan of, of experienced coaches getting a, another chance because, like all things, you're I mean, old, the bloke that first gave me my first job in radio said to me an old saying that stuck with me for my whole life, you're either green and growing or ripe and rotting. And, and guys like Mark Williams always seem like the, the green and growing type, that they're always looking to learn, they're always looking to be better, find new ways, you know, not trying to reinvent the wheel, but certainly happy to reinvent themselves and to add strings to their bow and to, to get better in certain areas that they might need to. So we've always been so quick. And, and it's a little bit of a copycat mentality, isn't it? Like 
we're all, ever since Alistair Clarkson became a success, we've everybody's been looking for the next Alistair Clarkson and, and the next who's an obscure name we can get that you wouldn't have thought of and we can be as clever as Jason Dunstall was in making sure that Hawthorne hired Alistair Clarkson. And sometimes those things just aren't able to be replicated. And we've been so quick to want to do that. And who's the next bright, shiny, young coach that could come through uh, or the obscure name that maybe you weren't aware of that we've sort of forgotten that there's guys that have been really, really good coaches and maybe worth uh, another crack. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Dave's in Turidan, got a villain nomination. G'day, Dave. Oh, mate, I'm very much like the last caller. I thought the Eagles, hello, what was that? That's the worst performance I've seen with a list like they've got against a bunch of kids um, that I've been watching 40 for 50 years. Kennedy, Darling, Allen, wow. What a disgrace. What's going on there, mate? Well, oh, great question, Dave. That, if round six was embarrassing, then <laughs> I don't know what you call what they dished up. If, if the 97-point loss to Geelong at GMHBA Stadium in round six, Adam Simpson described that as embarrassing. I don't know what you describe this one as. I don't know. What's, what's a word that lends itself to an even greater level of humiliation than, than embarrassment? Because that certainly was it, wasn't it? I mean, it, I've always thought the West Coast are a work-smart, not-hard team. And I, that, what I mean by that is that they're patient with the ball and they wait for the opportunity. They're like the cobra that sways back and forth, back and forth back and forth, lulls you into maybe a bit of a sense of security, and then it strikes, and they quickly get inside 50. They've got those three tall targets. Yes, they've had some players missing, and there's no Liam Ryan there at the moment, but they're 18th for pressure at the moment, and they're 17th for tackles inside 50. So Adam Simpson talked about the fact that the ball comes out of there too easily, and he's 100% right, and they just did not put... They just gave up the corridor. They just... If this was an engagement, they've just given up the prime territory. They've given up the best tactical position it can have in footy was the corridor and they just allowed the Swans just to waltz on through uh, and take nothing away from the Swans because they were fantastic but I, we, we, I did that game with, with Pickers and Matty Hill and we were just stunned at just how bad a team that only won a premiership three years ago and has some of just has their top 10 and it might have even been Kane that said it last week that their top 10 and I think it was West Coast if, if I'm wrong on this and I'll double check but I think he said that West Coast based on their top 10, has the best top 10 that you could hope for. And it's bloody hard to argue with that. But for all those names, they've dished up some of the worst performances of the year. And I think that was the worst performance I've seen this year. And I was stunned because I'm a big fan of of the Eagles and and what they bring to the table. Uh, So it's a great nomination, Dave. I appreciate it. Tim's in Brisbane, who's got a hero nomination. G'day, Tim. Yeah, g'day, mate. Uh, Just following on from the West Coast theme just there, um... Their inability to get the ball inside 50, uh, I know they're very good when they get it in there, but if they're going to dish up those sorts of numbers and then not be able to keep it in there, I don't see how that game plan's going to stack up going through for the rest of the season. And if they do make it into one of those bottom two spots in the eight, I think teams will be licking their lips to play them in the first week of the finals because that's, that's almost a walkover. Um, but my, my nomination for the hero, um, how this bloke's been let go by two clubs is just absolutely oh. beyond me. Jared Lyons has been absolutely superb since he's come to the Lions. I know there was some salary cap issues trying to get him out of Adelaide, but 
the decision of the Gold Coast Suns to let him walk for nothing. Um, we'll have him up the highway any day of the week and he's been just superb and the fact that Lockie Neal hasn't been there for a, a good part of this season but his in and under stuff is just, it's top notch and, and we're very, very glad to have him here, no doubt about that. Uh, it's, a, it's a brilliant nomination, Tim. I, I absolutely love it and I, I couldn't agree with you more wholeheartedly. He's been fantastic at the lines. You, you've said it, I can't sum it up any better than you have. He He is such a clean player, I think, too. Like, he, he's a no-fuss player, but he makes smart decisions. He's actually got elite skills, I reckon, as well. He reads the game beautifully, and I, I think he just makes the right decisions when he's got ball in hand, and he has ball in hand a lot. Um, I think he had over 30 again on the weekend and, and was one of their better players. He was one of their three nominee, nominees last year for the MVP. That's how highly Brisbane rate him, and it's, it's a fascinating one, isn't it? Because we're so often, and we so often look at what players can't do. You know, well, his defensive pressure wasn't good enough and he didn't spread enough from stoppage defensively and, and all those things. And those things are all valid. But one of the things that the Lions do is that they worry about what you can do. They, they really do focus in on what you're great at and they actually encourage players to practice. They do a thing every week called weapons training at Brisbane. At least they did when I was up there covering them. And uh, that's at a certain time every week they go away and they get them to, to practice the thing that they've identified is what makes them what's their best weapon, what's their best attribute as a player. And they go and practice it even more and they celebrate it. Um, it's, it's a great way to positive rein, positively reinforce what someone brings to your team. And I think that's a great example that you get of it. You know, we think we can cover what you can't do, but what you can do will be of a tremendous uh, help to us. And all the team has to buy into that because they have to know, well, this is what he does to make us great. So we might have to help out on the other end of that from time to time. And everybody buys in and, and they're just such a good team, Brisbane, in the way that they cover and help for each other and, and, and look to use each other's greatest assets and, and highlight them and celebrate them. It's a, it's a wonderful nomination. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We're off and running nicely. Heroes and villains on a Monday night. Part of the Sporting Capital, SEN, 1-300-736-736-0433-98-1116. Duna in Broadford, who's a very good man, says, I tell you, Sammy, and I can't read out... I don't, I don't know if it's late enough at night for me, to, for me to be able to read out that word, Duna, uh, but the word that you were using for what West Coast's effort was, and it's it's got the word house in it, and there's another word in front of it. So I appreciate that text, 433 Listen to the Sporting Capital on SEN. Give us your heroes and your villains from the weekend of sports. Mitch Robinson, mm. Lincoln McCarthy, possibly, can you put Joe Denneher in that group? More so that he's got his body right and looks like he's quite settled. And probably the yeah. biggest one in his 150th game, Jared Lyons. Like, this is a place where guys who were good go there and they're turning into great players. They're doing some very good things at Brisbane. Very good culture at the Brisbane Lions, led by Chris Fagan, who is an unbelievable operator. Uh, players love him. It's a happy place to be. He's a really, I reckon he's a really understanding, empathetic sort of coach. You could probably add, uh, as much as we it pains us to say, you can add Charlie Cameron to that mix yep. as well, <laughs> going yep. from the Crows to the Brisbane Lions and playing some electric footy. Andrew Hayes and Adam Cooney on SENSA breakfast this morning. It was just off the back of our last caller who, who spoke about just um, how much he, love he had, Tim, for Jared Lyons and, and the role that he's been playing and, and uh, how good he's been since he came to Brisbane. I thought that was interesting audio to play because it does ring very true, doesn't it? Players, 
You know, like Lincoln McCarthy, who they mentioned, even players who were already up there uh, before Chris Fagan arrived have got better under him. Um, I, I would say that Dane Zorko would be one of those as well, and they mentioned Mitch Robinson too. Um, but I, I don't think there's a player that wouldn't feel like they've become a better player because of uh, Chris Fagan, Dave Noble, and the, the welfare team and the assistant coaching team around them. Um, it's been an incredible turnaround up there, considering first year finishing 18th, then 15th, then second and second over the last four years. And Chris Fagan now into his fifth year and another top four finish is beckoning for the Lions. And they gave uh, Adelaide a pretty frightful touch-up after half time, And uh, they're up at 5.30 to get a flight. They head over there and you don't hear any complaining. They, they just got it done and uh, got the win. And after the season, the start of the season they had, how they've uh, turned that around and the form that they're in, um, I think... They've got they've got as much right as anybody to be able to lay claim to, to being a, a flag favourite. They're, they're they're right in the mix, aren't they? I mean, they they have as equal. There's an equal argument to make for them as there is to make for Brisbane. Uh, sorry, for Western Bulldogs, for Melbourne, uh, and maybe Geelong and Port. The other ones as well. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Texas in zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Off the temper text temper. A mattress like no other. Dean, my heroes and villains. Heroes. Gold Coast Suns after that Thursday night win over the back-to-back reigning premiers Richmond. Um, Melbourne Storm roasting the chicks 46 to nil. How good are the Storm going? They're, they'll go back-to-back this year. Sean Burgoyne 400 champion of champions and his villains and killed it for nearly capsizing. Richmond uh, and the West Coast Eagles pathetic. That's come through from Dean. Uh, Aaron off the text. Sam, my hero is Jack Silvani. Not easy being the son of the fullback of the century. The effort of every contest means something to him. Love that he got some reward on the weekend. Aaron in Stuart Hill, who's a mad blue bagger. And he was a great positive to come out of that game. The other one was Paddy Dow. It's amazing when you... And, and people much more analytically minded and, and much cl- more, I can't even say the word, much cleverer than I and uh, much more astute than I am in terms of judging players. Uh, talk about the fact that isn't it amazing when you play a player in their position that you draft them to play and then instill them the confidence that they instill confidence in them that they've earned the right to play there and they deserve to play uh, in that spot. It's amazing to see what you can then get out of them. And he had 11 disposals in the first quarter, Paddy Dow and, uh, he finished up with 22 for the game, but his ball use was sensational. His decision-making was um, sublime. Um, yeah, I was rapt to see a guy that had gone through the Bendigo Pioneers. So I've always got a soft spot for those fellas. Um, but it was rap- great to see him play the way he has over the last couple of weeks. Demet Brereton spoke today to Bob and Andy about Paddy Dow. Paddy Dow is one that I've been screaming out for for quite some time, saying, you just got to play this boy. Mm, mm, mm. You just have, and at least find out. Say to him, mate, you're getting six weeks. You're playing for six weeks. We're finding out whether you can play, uh, but it's all in your court. Just keep going and going and mm. going. And no matter what happens, we're going to play you. And so... Suddenly, Paddy Dow at 50, 49 games, he plays his 50th, 51st, and this week his 52nd. He actually arrives, and we see exactly what Steve Silvani was recruiting, and he complements that midfield outfit brilliantly now because he gave them tear away pace. Dermot Burton speaking to Bob and Andy today about Paddy Dow. Uh, another nomination for a hero off the text is my hero, his best player. This is from Wayne to ever leave the Giants. Jack, the man of steel, go Saints. Uh, Jack Steele 
Uh, got the 10 coaches votes in that win over Collingwood. Hill, Dugowie got six. Dunstan got the five. And Pendlebury got two. Jack Sinclair uh, got one. I'll go through the rest of the coaches votes momentarily. But, uh, yeah, Jack Steele has had a really good season. I wouldn't be surprised. He'll definitely be in the 40-man squad for All-Australian. And maybe the fact that St Kilda have had some really bad games might cost him. But he had uh, 157 ranking points for those who are into their uh, fantasy footy. 369 metres for his 36 disposals. Um, and when it came to uh, clearances in that, this game, he had five centre clearances, six inside 50s. Uh, he had seven score involvements uh, as well, and 15 of his 36 were uncontested. So uh, I'm a big Jack Steele fan, and he is having a, a cracking season. Um, another hero nomination. I'm also an NBL supporter of Melbourne United, and United respect their members. We got two free games in our membership for the NBL Cup, plus the grand final game, because we missed the last two games of the season due to COVID. AFL need to do the same for next season. Give members free tickets, then they will go. Cheap tickets too, so attendances can go up. That's from Alex. It's a great story, Alex, and well done to Melbourne United for recognising that and rewarding you for your loyalty as well. Uh, this is a villain nomination. Went to the game on the weekend, first time since COVID. Now 10 bucks for a cup of beer. Mid-strength at that what a rort. That's from Ian. Hi, Sam. Should there be a bit more of a grace period with people coming back from the AFL HQ to Clubland? Like, it, would it be okay for Gil to join a club uh, for next season? How much intel do they have for what the AFL have planned? When the government ministers leave Parliament, they often can't work in a related industry for 12 months. Thoughts? Maureen Fitzroy, interesting question. My initial response is it doesn't worry me too much, Marie. But I'll put some more thought into it and I'll, and I'll come back to you. But it is a, a great question to throw up. Um, 0433981116 Duna says Sam watching Dow at school in Geelong and with Pios it's amazing when the kid is played in his true position that he looks the goods um, and there's a lot of villain nominations coming through for West Coast as well Troy's in WA hello Troy Sam Hargraves how are you young fella I'm good thank you my friend how are you yeah, good. Hey, it's quality, not quantity, mate. I realise I haven't rang for a while, but I've been a <laughs> busy boy, if you can believe it. I appreciate you giving me some time, of your precious time. Oh, mate, yeah. Um, for the first time in my 55-year life, I'm actually busy, so it's good. Yeah. Hey, um, Sam, I just heard you praising um, Chris Fagan, isn't it? From yep. for the Brisbane line? Yeah. Yeah. One line, now he's my, um, what are you playing, hero, hero? Yeah, Heroes and Villains. He's a hero nomination for you. Yeah. Um, one of the things might have been about two years ago, I think when they announced that uh, the Brisbane Lions were going to get new facilities and that, and one of the things that stuck in my mind with Chris Fagan was that um, he said that the dumbbells still weigh the same where the... You know, you're pushing them up in um, Brisbane or if you're, you know, in Adelaide, wherever. He said all the weights are still the same. You know, so I thought that was very basic and simple, but it's very obvious, you know, when you see the way they play and camaraderie between all of them is um, very good. Uh, it's a great point you make, Troy. And one of the things that people thought was costing Brisbane when everybody wanted to leave and in that year where they lost Yo and Doherty, um, Redden I think went the year after, but they Yo and Doherty, I think Longer left. There was about five players, the, the, the homesick five. And people thought, oh, well, you know, they don't have good enough facilities. They sort of do pre-season out the back of a van and just get on where they can. Well, 
they become a destination club well before that new facility is going to be built. So it, you, you're 100% right. It, it sometimes has nothing to do with what's the condition of the four walls that you're in, but it's all to do with the atmosphere that you create within those four walls. And the other thing I love about Chris Fagan as well, and, and it clearly is why the players love to play for him. One, because as we spoke about before, he celebrates what they're good at and encourages them to, you know, to 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 always look to utilise their strengths as players and to hone their skills, to hone their skills uh, in those areas. But also, too, because he talks about being in the entertainment industry. So he gives you your money's worth. You know, I remember in 2016, before he got there, the Lions were being booed for the way that they played by the fans that were still turning up. Now, you can barely get a seat at the joint. It's the hottest ticket in town. They're the the, the, the winningest team in Brisbane at the minute because the Broncos are on a, a fair downward trajectory. So he not only wants his players to, to play at their very best and uh, and celebrate the things that they do their best, but he wants the style of footy they play to be something that not only wins games but entertains fans uh, and, and puts bums in seats. And they're absolutely doing that. If you look over the last sort of seven or eight weeks, nobody's scoring more than the Brisbane Lions. I think they're averaging around 95 points per game which is substantially more than the, the team in second. Uh, so, yeah, got no problem giving a lot of praise to Chris Fagan. Hey, Robin Orman, stay right there. More heroes and villains on the other side of this on the Sporting Capital. Oh, I think when you surround yourself with good people and, and great medical advice and great people have great faith in you, um, you can gives you a lot of confidence to, to chase your dreams and, and keep playing footy at the highest level. So great people in and around Hawthorne and yeah I've surrounded myself with those people and you know yeah I just couldn't you know couldn't be in better hands. Sean Burgoyne after his 400th game just the fifth player ever and the first Indigenous player to ever reach that incredible milestone um, we wonder whether we'll have another player that can get to 400 games uh, such as the magnitude of that achievement uh, when you look back on how long our game's been going for and just five players have been able to play that amount of game and it becomes the first Indigenous player to do so as well and he's my hero nomination as well Joe from Seaford who's put him up uh, her villain is St Kilda Strength and Conditioning three games lost in final quarters this year and nearly a fourth on the weekend yeah the fall away was alarming Collingwood had only kicked three goals in three quarters and they kicked five in a row and it came very close to pinching that from St Kilda. There were alarm bells as I was watching that uh, with a frothy last night. Um, Sean Burgoyne, though, I mean, there's nothing more I can say that hasn't already been said, but uh, certainly worthy of the number one hero nomination this week for the Hawks, the power of the AFL, for the way that they did the celebration all through the week and the testimonials, the tributes, the way in which the occasion was marked and honoured. I just thought it was perfect. It was an honour to be there. It was a privilege. It's a night I'll never forget being able to call that game. The the video that was released with some of the biggest names in Australian sport, Cathy Freeman, uh, Paddy Mills, Cameron Smith, uh, politicians... Um, leaders of our game and, and others uh, was just extraordinary. Gil McLaughlin as well uh, involved. So the video was incredibly special. The build-up before the game with the Silk 400 T-shirts, I was lucky enough to nab one of those. And the, the hologram on the ground, um, the, the welcome to country was incredible. The tributes from Sid Jackson, Gavin Wanganine, and then the didgeridoo playing, and then the guard of honour that was formed by old teammates and family and friends and all the kids were there and Amy and the whole family um, and and the other 400 gamers as well was incredibly special. And then watching him chaired off uh, by Travis Boak and Liam Shields, 
and it was just serendipitous, wasn't it, that it was against the first club that he played at in Port Adelaide and won a premiership at uh, in 2004. Um, the most versatile player we've ever seen in the game, the greatest Swiss Army knife player that we've ever seen in the game, a testament to football but to community as well, uh, a role model to look up to, to aspire to, uh, one of the truly special players, I think, for, for many a reason, not just for the moments on a footy field, but when those moments came, he w- he was the player in the big moment, wasn't he? Um, the, the smother in 2004, Brent Guerrero would still have nightmares about that, even though he's a dual premiership player now. Uh, and then they go on to win their first at Port Adelaide. The, the Kenneth curse being broken by him, uh, and it wasn't just the goal he kicked, which got the aeroplane celebration that's now synonymous with that win uh, and with that streak being ended, but the give to Jack Gunston, the goal preceding that, to win the one-on-one contest against Mackey, to not seek the hero moment himself, but to look to give it off to a teammate in a better position. And that's what the player he was that I watched. He made others better around him. There wasn't a job that he wasn't willing to do. There wasn't a position that he wasn't okay to play. Um, For every situation, there was a Sean Burgoyne. And I just think that he is a a, a testament to to the game and and worthy of a hero nomination. Um, Rob's in Ormond, who's got a hero nomination. G'day, Rob. Uh, Look, I'll give you my villain first which is the Victorian public, because Goodsy should have been the first 400 Indigenous player, but I'm not going to get into race, but I thought he was bullied out of it. Mm. Anyway, um, the I reckon Paddy, Paddy Dow, now, look, he's been maligned. Look, I bear it for the dogs, by the way. Now, you, you talk about Teague and you're saying you're playing players out of position. Look, Chris Grant played centre-half back for a few years before he became a centre-half forward. Maybe Paddy Dow didn't have a defensive game and that was part of his apprenticeship. I, you know, And some players in the back line, and I know I was one, I played back line and I used to shit myself. Sorry about the language. But, you know, when you're in the centre and you're, you're being proactive, it's different. So I just think, good on you, Teague. You know, maybe he's pulled the right rein at the right time. Uh, yeah, good point you make, Rob. What I would say, though, and, and, and why I mentioned that, that mentioned that is because Brennan Bolton was playing Dow and O'Brien and Petrovsky seaton in those positions. I think when Teague took over, the older blokes got put back into those positions, and, and maybe that did stall the development of those players. But this is a credit to David Teague that, like all things, and I mentioned it before, green and growing, ripe and rotting, you look at it and go, well, that's not working what we're doing here, so maybe we need to try something else. So to his credit, he's identified that it, that it wasn't working with how they were play, playing Paddy Dow as a high half forward. But getting him some midfield minutes and saying, let's just see how you go, sink or swim, well, he's absolutely swimming, isn't he? Um, so, yeah, it wasn't a criticism of David Teague, um, but certainly... It, it, it is a, a compliment to say you've identified that that wasn't working and you've, and you've made the correct change and it's paying dividends. So uh, kudos to all involved there. And I had him down as a, a hero nomination as well. Uh, Gold Coast and GWS, the expansion teams. The Gold Coast to beat Richmond was one of the best wins in their history. And Took Miller should be all Australian. Uh, put a blazer on that man. Another to 30 disposal game. And as John Malkovich said in rounders, and I wish I had to grab the audio, but I didn't. And I won't even try to do the accent. But he said, pay that man. Pay that man his money. I don't know what he's on. <laughs> but whatever he is, it's not enough. 
because he is the player that they should build the rest of the club around because no one trains harder from what I'm told. No one runs further in games. Uh, Kane Corns has been tracking it for a few weeks now. Nobody works harder, and that's what you want to point to and say, this is the guy that we hold up as our gold standard. This is who we want to be and how we want to play. Uh, he's a star, Took Miller. Uh, and to the Giants as well, uh, they're extraordinary. They're the most perplexing team in the competition, aren't they, the Giants? They couldn't beat 17th and 18th to get themselves into the top eight. Yet they beat the team on top of the ladder to get themselves in to the eight. They had to win. They did. I was rapt to see Tom Green respond from getting dropped, and uh, he was superb, and they know exactly what makes him a good player, and that's clearances and clean hands, and he delivered for that. And Josh Kelly, 29-1, and one, and he laid more tackles than anyone. There's a bit of a perception about Josh Kelly, isn't there, that there's a bit of a perception, isn't there, that, he, that he's a flashy and does all the nice, pretty things in a game because he's a good-looking fella, or he's a smooth mover, classy ball user. I think we forget that he, he does love the contest. And I think he would probably, and we've heard it before, that he, he doesn't believe he's a winger. He believes he's an inside mid who can then break away from stoppage. And that's where he's being played at the moment. And that's where he's playing his best footy. So there's a big decision for him to make, obviously, to trigger the eight-year clause at uh, the, the Giants or maybe to go somewhere else. And whereas a few weeks ago, we spoke about this on Sunday Crunch Time, there might not have been as many people lining up. I think he's last month of form. You'd be mad not to be asking the question, can we get that bloke to our club? Um, North Melbourne is a hero nomination as well. A 99-point turnaround from round three, I reckon it was, the fateful Good Friday game. Um, they were torched on that occasion. But to give a 99-point turnaround to only lose uh, in the end by, uh, was it 28 points, 29 points? I had that written down somewhere in front of me. But that was just a far better performance, wasn't it? I mean, you can really see how they've improved. And spoke a lot about Chris Fagan. What he, the work he's done at Brisbane is absolutely in partnership with Dave Noble and obviously Greg Swan as well. And Dave Noble clearly doing a brilliant job at North Melbourne and they are absolutely on the right track. It was 29 points, thank you. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. 98 Oh, there's my old mate, Gary, off the text. <laughs> Hello, Gary. Sam, you are biased. Goods was more versatile than Silk. Two Brownlows and one in the ruck. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a great suggestion, Gary, and it's wonderful to have you uh, texting through something that's not abuse to me, so I appreciate that. I'm not sure if you've sent your weekly text to Hutchie telling him to sack me, but if you haven't, I appreciate it. But it's wonderful to hear from you anyway. Um, it's a great nomination to Goods. I think absolutely the two most versatile, but... I don't think Goodsy ever played in defence. And, Gary, I know you're a Swans man, so you might be able to let me know. I don't think he really ever had to go into defence. So, absolutely, as a forward and an on-baller and someone who could play in the ruck, Adam Goods, you know, I love Adam Goods, an out-and-out superstar. But I just think that because Burgoyne could play in every sector of the ground and has done, and and there's numbers. Riley Beveridge actually wrote an article, AFL.com, about the fact that statistically he's the most versatile given the time that he's spent playing in the different positions and the spread of time he's had through different positions across his career. Uh, but always love hearing from you, Gary. Thank you for the text. Uh, 0433 98 11 16 off the temper text. Temper, uh, a mattress like no other. one 736 736 A couple of other hero nominations. Um, the Swans, that's as good a performance as I reckon I've seen this year. They were just sensational. Young, fast. Frenetic, Buddy is still one of the biggest draw cards in the game and can still exert tremendous influence over a team uh, that very few people can. Um, don't worry, he, he might not be exactly at the zenith of his powers, but he is still 
one of the best in the comp when he's up and flying. And the young players I've got around him, I love Errol Goulden. What a user of the footy he is. Love the way they played. They completely dismantled West Coast uh, and just tore them apart after quarter time. And, and that was one of the most most impressive three-quarter performances that I've seen from a team this year. Tom Hickey, if he's not the recruit of the year, I'm not sure who. Jeremy Cameron, obviously, who's going to miss several weeks now with that hammy. But Tom Hickey, there's a few people that went on this really early and I wasn't sure, but in every big win that the Swans have had, he has played a pivotal role. And I think he took the points on Nat Nui. Nat Nui might have got more hit-outs, but you look at every other facet and I think Hickey had the better of that duel. When Sydney win big, Tom Hickey's come up big for them. So when you look at the recruits of the year, Jeremy Cameron, Alira Lear, maybe even Joe Danaher, Nick Hind as well, Steph Martin, Fantasia, Trelaw have all been injured, so it's hard to know they were of the early runners in that. But the most improved player in the competition, sorry, not most improved, but the recruit of the year, sure, that, that, that's... That is, at the moment, Tom Hickey or Jeremy Cameron. He was fantastic yesterday. Um, Jack McRae, 15 games in a row now, over 30 disposals. By the way, someone texted through before, and I'll have to double-check this, that he, his previous streak was 12 in a row in the last games of 2019. So if that's correct, in regular time football, 2019-2021, he's had t- over 30, 27 games in a row. If that's correct... That is an extraordinary stat, and he sometimes goes unheralded, Jack McRae, so I wanted to give him a hero nomination. Uh, Dogs on top of the ladder, hero nomination for them. Terry Wallace, I will name drop here, rang us up yesterday, Sunday crunch time style, and pointed out the fact that Western Bulldogs in their history have never, ever finished on top of the ladder, have never finished a season on top of the ladder. Even in their premiership years, never on top of the ladder. So if they do that this year, it'll be another... And I'll steal Plough's words here. Another feather in the cap of Luke Beveridge and may just put him in as their greatest ever coach if they're to achieve something that they have never achieved before. Uh, A couple non-AFL, and we'll come back on the other side with some villains, uh, but not before George from Northcote gives a nomination. G'day, George. Yeah, g'day, Sam. How are you going? Really well, thank you. That's good. Look, um, mine is the dynamic duo, Batman and Robin, uh, ruck combination. I mean, more this year, I heard you talk about Hickey before, but more this year, I think the ruck uh, combination is, is really, really evident and very strong is uh, Marshall and Paddy Ryder. I mean, people don't understand that these two guys were instrumental wise until they had a year what they had last year. And I can tell you now that if Ryder had played, if he was in top form against Richmond in that final, along with Carlisle and Long, the Saints would have beaten Richmond in that final last year, and then Richmond would have won and won the flag. But they, those two are so instrumental and the key. And this year, Marshall, well, he's missed a whole preseason. He's been injured, and so he that he's just started to get his act together. And the, and then when you look at Ryder, well, he missed the first five weeks of the season. So, hence why St Kilda's season has started. Uh, late and, and I guess started to lose confidence and losing games that way they have. I mean, they are the most key. So they are, for me, the heroes uh, uh, for the Saints. And if they can hold their body, or I mean, if they can stand up for the rest of the year, I think um, we'll have a good crack at it. But um, it just depends. But it just goes to show that if you've got the right players uh, on the park fit, things can turn. Hey, beautiful nomination. Thank you, George, and appreciate the call. Back to wrap it up after this uh, hour and a half of the first serve is coming up at eight. Still a couple more heroes and villains to get through.
A uh, couple of late hero nominations. Can't go without uh, nominating Ben O'Connor. Just two minutes behind the leader now. He won stage nine of the Tour de France and he's sitting second in the race for the yellow jersey. Good to see Aussies doing well on the biggest stages. And like Lucas Herbert, Bendigo Boy won the Irish Open, will now go into the British Open. Uh, wrapped for him. He's a ripping fella and uh, just really taking big leaps and bounds in his career. Cam Davis, another Aussie to win on the PGA circuit. The sand, the shot out of the sand, the chip in to force the playoff was absolutely extraordinary. 1.4 million, if you don't mind. Um, uh, Steph uh, Kiriaku as well, who won on the Euro Tour. Uh, and Louis uh, Dobala, who won the amateur competition, the North and South amateur. Chris Paul as well, into his first NBA Finals series uh, in his 16th season, 36 years old. Big fan of uh, CP3 and rapt to see him. The villains, absolutely the morons from the St. George Illawarra Dragons who put the whole competition in jeopardy by having a house party. Uh, they've all been f- suspended for a week and fined, but none more so than the major perpetrator who was uh, Paul Vaughan, banned for eight games and whacked with a $50,000 fine for having 12 people over to his home. So... Well and truly nominee, well and truly deserving of the uh, Villain of the Week nominee. Uh, and thank you to Gary, got back to me. I forgot about Adam Goods playing at centre-half back, so maybe you've got a fair argument. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.